good morning and welcome to According to the Scriptures. My name is Kyle Webb. I serve as the minister for the Mars Hill Church of Christ that meets in Christiana, Tennessee. And I'm happy that you've joined our program for today. Today we continue our study of why I'm a member of the Church of Christ, a study that we began some time ago. We're on reason number 10 is that it believes the Bible is a book to be rightly divided. One of the reasons that I'm a member of the Church of Christ is that it believes the Bible to be a book rightly divided. There are ways that we can divide the scriptures. There are ways that we can look at dividing the scriptures. We see that there is a division of the Bible as far as the Old and the New Testament. And certainly that is is one way that we differentiate uh, the different laws that were given. The, The law that was given to Israel is different than the law that is given to us today. And so we have that division, 39 books of the Old Testament and 27 books of the New Testament, 66 books overall. And even within the Testaments, there are different ways of dividing the scriptures and And one major way that we need to recognize is, again, the law that we follow. The the law that we follow today is not the same as what Israel followed back in the Old Testament. And so as we look at the different laws, we see these divisions, and we we certainly understand that these are important. And, And even within the New Testament, we have to recognize the teachings of Jesus, we have to recognize what is for Israel as Jesus was preaching a message of repentance to them, a message of of bringing them back and preparing them for the church and what was to come. We have to recognize the difference in Jesus' teachings to Israel and the things that we can apply for ourselves today. But we have to make sure that whenever we study God's word, that we do recognize that it is a book to be rightly divided. One of the major ways that we differentiate uh, the different portions of the scriptures is by dispensation, by dispensation of time. We understand that there are certain things that are said that are in regard to a certain dispensation of time and may not necessarily apply to us in the same way that it did to Israel. We look at how the Word of God has evolved and how it has been presented to different groups of people, such as during the patriarchal time when the Word of God came directly to man. Where God told him what he wanted him to do, and man did it. Man was obedient. We have the Jewish age, the Mosaic age, where we find that uh, the, the Jews are established under a law, a certain law that God wants them to follow. Moses gave his law, uh, well, God gave the law to Moses, and Moses gave it to the people but they were to follow that law. And most of that law is applicable for us, at least as we look at the the basic Ten Commandments. 
we see that all but one of those Ten Commandments is reestablished in the New Testament. And that's what we've been studying at Mars Hill on Sunday nights. But we understand the, the difference in the law of the Old Testament and the law of the New, the law that we are under. We are under a different, different dispensation of time than the people of Israel were when they were given the law of Moses. We are not in the Jewish age any longer. And now we understand that the gospel is for all people. It was first given to the Jews as as God's chosen people, the people that would accept him and the people that should obey him. But the law is available uh, to all people, the gospel is available to all people today. And we are all able to follow the things that God wants us to do. He has given us his word. He has given us the things that he wants us to do in obedience to him. He wants us to be obedient. And so we are to be obedient, but not according to the things of the Old Testament. Those things are for our learning. Those things are very important to us. The Old Testament, in in some ways, as we've been looking at, serves as a tutor, a schoolmaster, if you will. And what does a tutor or a schoolmaster do? It he teaches so that we can have a better understanding of the subject that we're studying. Well, when it comes to the Christian age. The Old Testament serves as our tutor. It it was preparing the people of that day for what was to come. And it prepares us today for what has been established and what we are to follow, what we are to obey. All of these things are very important. And so we're looking today at the Christian age and We have already been through a good majority of this lesson. We don't have much to to do to finish. And so if we get finished, then we'll move on to the next lesson. Uh, Usually when I say that, it doesn't happen for one reason or another. Uh, Sometimes I I just, I guess, get get more in detail than I think. But anyway, hopefully uh, these things will be helpful for our understanding. But before we really get into the meat of our lesson today, let's bow in a word of prayer. Our holy and righteous Heavenly Father, we thank you for the many blessings that you've given to us. We thank you for this day and we thank you for our time together. We thank you for the ability that we have to study your word, to understand it, to recognize what you desire of us, what your will is for us as your people. May we study it in such a way as as to be open-minded and open-hearted. May we have an open heart to the things that you've given us so that we will do those things that you will for us. We pray, Father, that you would bless those around us. Bless our, our time with them. Bless us to be lights in our community. Help us to be better Christians. Help us to be stronger than what we have been in the past. And we thank you for, uh, again, this ability that we have to study your word together. Bless our time together today. 
and bless us in our lives. Forgive us for our sins. Thank you for Jesus. It is through him that we pray. Amen. All right. Now, as we get into the Christian age, just to give you a bit of a recap of of what we've already studied in regard to the Christian age, uh, we see that the descendants of Abraham were to be blessed. And who are the descendants of Abraham? One of the things that we, we find in Scripture is that the seed of Abraham is basically us as Christians. We fall under the same blessing that Abraham was given because we serve God. We are obedient to his will for us in our day and age. And as we are obedient, we follow in the footsteps of our father Abraham, who is known as a father of faith. And so we, we understand that, that we are to serve God. And as we serve God, we too will be blessed. Doesn't mean that, that life is going to be easy, but it does mean that God is with us. And that he will bring everything that we face. He will bring everything about to our benefit, to our good. We understand that, that we serve as priests. As far as, as God's law is concerned, we, we are able to worship God. We are able to come before him uh, in a way that Israel could not. Christ is the high priest, as we find in Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 11. But we understand from 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 5 that every child of God is a priest. And so we are able to worship him. So we are able to serve him in a very special way. We understand Christ's purpose in coming to earth was to put away the first law. And in doing so, he established the second. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 8 through 10. Hebrews 10, beginning with verse 8, previously saying, Sacrifice and offering, burnt offerings and offerings for sin, you did not desire, nor had pleasure in them, which are offered according to the law. Verse 9, then he said, Behold, I have come to do your will, O God. He takes away the first, that he may establish the second. By that will we have by that will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And we recognize that the old law is nailed to the cross. Colossians 2, verse 14, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. Christ was born under the law, and he died under the law so that he could fulfill the law. Matthew chapter 5, verse 17. The new covenant, we understand, could not be established until after the death of Christ. Hebrews chapter 9, verses 16 and 17. For where there is a testament, there must also of necessity be the death of the testator. 
right? Testament is in force after men are dead, since it has no power at all while the testator lives. In order for a new covenant to be established, Christ had to die. And he did. He died on the cross. And as he died on that cross, we understand that the requirements of the old law were fulfilled. And so we are established under a new covenant. And that is very important to us. And that brings us really to where we are today. We recognize also in regard to this Christian age, we recognize the gospel. The gospel preached in the Christian, uh, the Christian dispensation is presented to all nations. You may be familiar with the song. I grew up with it. Uh, of One, the Lord has made the race. Through one has come the fall. Where sin is gone must go his grace. The gospel is for all. The gospel is for all people. And so we recognize in the Christian age that those that we come in contact with, it doesn't matter what race, it doesn't matter gender, that there's no way that we can divide man in such a way that the gospel does not apply to him. We have differences in uh, various ways with different people across the world. But everyone is subject to the gospel. Everyone is in need of the gospel, whether it be your neighbor, whether it be someone that you work with, whether it be someone in a nation many, 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 many miles away. It doesn't matter. All are subject to the gospel. And we have been given the responsibility of taking the gospel into the world. I want you to look for a moment at the great uh, dispen- or the, the great commission. Matthew 28 in verse 19. This is given first to Jesus' chosen apostles, the 11 that were present when he spoke to them. But it's not just for them. It's also for all nations and for all uh, races, all peoples, all those that are Christians we are responsible for carrying the gospel into the world. If it had been left only in the hands of the 11, then it would cease to be spread because they have all passed away. But we as Christians have been given the responsibility to carry on the commission that they were commissioned with by Jesus himself. We are given record of it. And we are responsible for it. Matthew 28 and verse 19. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father. And of the Son. And of the Holy Spirit. We are told to go therefore. And make disciples of all the nations. All the nations throughout time. Not the course of the world. We are responsible for bringing the gospel to them. To those that we've never uh, known or met. We send people 
that are able to carry the gospel on occasion. Maybe you yourself are able to go to foreign places and 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 carry on this mission that was begun by the apostles. But we again have responsibility in taking the whole gospel to the whole world, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Mark 16 and verse 15, And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. I I used to imagine in my mind that that preaching the gospel to every creature somehow, uh, whenever I was a child, okay, it, it somehow involved me teaching animals or something but that's not what it says but every creature meaning every person everyone that has the mind and and the ability to understand and the ability to obey they are subject to the gospel and so we have a responsibility to carry the gospel to them The middle wall of partition, so to speak, between the Jews and the Greeks has been removed. There is once a difference between Jews and Gentiles. And the Gentiles were known as a a heathen people because they didn't know God. They didn't serve God. And and I would dare say that that just from, from my understanding If they had been willing to receive the gospel, I think there would have been an earlier time for the gospel to be presented to them. There was a time when it was given first to God's chosen people so that they might obey. But there came a time when all peoples were going to be able to receive the gospel and were going to be willing to repent and to obey the gospel in the way that they should. God knew when that time was going to be, and that time came to pass as we get into Acts chapter 10, and we find the the conversion of Cornelius and his household. Uh, We see that, that the gospel was carried to the Gentiles. They were able to obey, and that was the beginning of, of the gospel being shared with even the Gentile people. So that middle wall of partition that we refer to is a wall, so to speak, between the the Jews and the Greeks, the Jews and the Gentiles. But there was a time when the gospel would be carried to all people. All who are Christians are members of the singular body of Christ. We are all members of the one body of Christ. Reconciled to God through the blood of Christ. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 2 and beginning with verse 14. Ephesians 2 verses 14 through 18. For he himself is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, that is, the law of commandments contained in ordinances, so as to create in himself one new man from the two, 
thus making peace, and that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity. And he came and preached peace to you who were afar off and to those who were near. For through him we both have access by one spirit to the Father. God has brought together in a way that no other could. He has brought together all peoples of the world and that all can obey the gospel and all who obey can be saved and all who obey are brought into one church, one body under the headship of Christ. So that that wall of separation has been done away with. Jews and Gentiles alike are able to be Christians, and God has has brought us together as one. In Galatians chapter 3, verses 26 through 29, For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Now, there are ways that we divide one from another. And that doesn't mean that these do not exist any longer. There are still those that uh, are Jews and there are Gentiles. Um, But all those who have obeyed the gospel, whether they are Jews or Gentiles, are Christians. Doesn't mean that that the division isn't there, the the nationality difference and, and things of that nature. It doesn't mean that that doesn't exist. It just means that 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 under God, we are not recognized in that way by God. We are recognized no matter where we come from, no matter what our background is, we are recognized as children of God. Uh, the same with, with the slave nor free. Uh, I, I think back, we recently did a lesson on Philemon. And in Philemon, you have a, a letter that is written uh, on behalf of, Onesimus, it's it's written in such a way that, that Onesimus should be received by Philemon in such in a certain way. Paul says that, that Onesimus is is useful to him, but he's still a slave under Philemon. And so Paul doesn't he doesn't go about trying to abolish slavery in in the sense of of it being a right or wrong or whatever, according to the, the customs, there were still servants. And, and even we today are in bondage, so to speak, to our employers and things of that nature in, in a very similar way. It doesn't mean that there aren't slaves and that there aren't free people and that there's not some difference between them, but it means that God has taken that out of the way. 
when he looks upon them, no matter whether they are, are free or whether they are in bondage, whether they are employed in some way, whether they are servants in some way, servants or masters, it doesn't matter when it comes to Christianity. If they've obeyed the gospel, no matter their walk of life, no matter their background, it isn't recognized. And it doesn't matter um, whether they are male or female. We do have that division. It's a very important division. And it's not saying that it no longer exists. It's just saying that that it doesn't matter whether you're a male or female in the eyes of God, but that you are servants of God, that we are his children. And so that also is important to us. Christ is now to be obeyed rather than the message of the Old Testament. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was God. The Word was with God. Um, whenever we look at, at that, we understand that Christ is the Word. And so it is through Him that it is given. And we are to follow Christ rather than the laws of the Old Testament, rather than Moses. There was a time when the law of Moses was important to be followed, but today we follow Christ. We read of the coming of Christ as the great prophet. Uh, we read that this was foretold. Deuteronomy 18 and verse 15, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your midst, from your brethren, him you shall hear. But this prophecy is fulfilled, and I'm going to close with Three, three passages of scripture. Acts 3 verses 22 and 23. For Moses truly said to the fathers, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brethren. Him you shall hear in all things, whatever he says to you. And it shall be that every soul who will not hear that prophet shall be utterly destroyed from among the people. Matthew 17 and verse 5, while he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and suddenly a voice came out of the cloud, saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. The occasion was Jesus' baptism. And Hebrews 1, verses 1 and 2, God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds. We today are to follow Christ, rather than the, the laws of the Old Testament, rather than the ordinances of the Old Covenant. We follow Christ in the Christian age. I hope this has been a helpful lesson to you. And I look forward to being back with you again next week, Tuesday morning at 11 a.m. If you need to contact us, you can go to our website and our contact information is there, marshillcoc.org, marshillcoc.org. And we would certainly love to hear from you. But until we meet again, may God continue to bless you. Oh, yeah.